Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, take a risk, and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the podcast by the Sons of Technology. And I want to say right now, happy 4th of July weekend to you. Or if you're listening to this after 4th of July, I hope you had a fantastic 4th of July uh, this year. Now, listen up. The world is changing fast. Every single day, a new technology is coming out. Every single day, a new way to connect and communicate and create something is being pushed out there. So we are a world of communicators, of creators. We are a world of streamers. We are a world of YouTubers and TikTokers. We are a world of podcasters. The world is changing and opening up and bringing us closer together and bringing us information at a rapid pace. And it's not just adults who are listening and creating. It's students as well. It's our students in our classrooms, our students at their homes, and our very own kids in our houses. So how are we dealing with this? How are we using it to amplify their creativity? But also, how is it distracting from maybe getting outside and playing a little bit? We're going to we're going to give you both sides of that story. Um, all the way through um, you know the the uh, streaming of podcasts and video casts all the way to esports and shoutcasting. But before we get started in the conversation, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. My name is Joe Marquez. I'm an educator out of the Central Valley of California. I'm also director of academic innovation for Q. Uh, and you can find me on the Twitters at Joe Marquez 70. And as always, my partner in innovation, Kyle Anderson. Kyle, please introduce yourself. Hello once again, everybody. My name is Kyle Anderson. I am a special education teacher in Las Vegas, Nevada. You can find me on Twitter at Anderson EdTech, as well as my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. Um, definitely been neglecting that as of late. So a lot of different things going on and just my motivation to write's not there, but it is still there. There's some good content there. And I do get some ideas brewing for some new blog posts coming up. Uh, but you can also follow me on Instagram at Anderson EdTech. And then I have a book, To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and through Edumatch Publishing. And we also have joining with us a regular to the podcast. Tyler Keefe is here as well. Tyler, go ahead and introduce yourself to anybody that may not know who you are. Hey, I am Tyler Keefe. I am a technology integration coach up here in Nampa, Idaho. Uh, before that, I was a fifth grade teacher uh, for about 13 years. You can find me on Twitter at Keefe67. And I also have a podcast of my own called The Teacher Dudes. Uh, you can find us wherever on there. And then today, we also have uh, a mini-me, as some people say, with us and that is my son zane so zane take a second and introduce yourself really quick hi my name is zane i'm eight years old no. all right that's a fantastic <laughs> say that's a fantastic introduction zane, what grade are you in currently or or going into in this next school year third grade third grade yeah third um, grade. and zane zane can you tell me and tell us some of your favorite activities to do when you are not at school. I like to play video games. And what, what video games do you like to play? I mainly play like Super Mario. Super Mario? Off of the, um, the, uh, the Switch? Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you play those video games, do you just play it uh, by yourself or are you online playing with others? Um, sometimes I play online, like when I play Splatoon or like if I'm playing a Mario game that I normally play by myself. And are you, when you play with others or when you're playing by yourself, is it just you playing in your room or are you streaming that out, just outside your room? And, you know, if anybody wants to watch you play, they can watch you play. Um, sometimes when like me and my dad watch, like play Mario Kart or like, other games we live stream it, but when I'm just playing by myself, normally I just play in like my room. And when you live stream with your dad, your dad's already told me he does that so he can prove he can beat you to the world. But when you do, when he does live stream, um, you know, how does that make you feel knowing that what you're doing in your house, 
may be streaming to another person just watching for fun. I really know. It, does it feel weird that, kind of. that, 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 that that's a thing? That you're, you're, you're playing a game at, at home just for fun, but somebody may be watching you yeah, as their fun? Little well, it, it's weird now. Now, Zane, the the key component here is to make sure that I actually hit uh, start streaming, right? Yeah, that's a key component. <laughs> there, there was uh, one night a few uh, yeah, last week we were playing Mario Kart, and I came in first on a couple of races against people from all over the world, and then Zane got in first. And once we got all done, we're like, uh, "Whoops, it uh, never we actually never streamed." <laughs> well, so we yeah, were just talking to ourselves. Yeah, well, that's well, that's the thing, though. Like, it used to be if you wanted to play a video game with a friend or a sibling or your son or daughter, they would have to be there with you. And the only people who would hear what you're saying is people in the other room, right? But now it's everywhere. So, Zane, I want to tell you, you know, back in the day, right? Back in the 80s, Zane, if we played Super Mario Brothers... Nobody knew it. It was just us playing Super Mario Brothers, and there was no save button. So if you oh, yeah. if you did not finish the game in one sitting, you had to start back from the beginning. Um, and if you wanted to play with a partner, a friend, you just, they were next to you, right on a, on the little little tiny pad. So to you though, you've grown up in the world of collaborative gaming you've grown up in a world where others are um recording themselves to kind of give tips on on how to beat levels or how to beat games or just showing off how good they are do you watch those things do you watch like twitch streams or youtube how-to tutorials on how to do yeah. games and stuff like that yeah and and do you do you like them and if so why why are those enjoyable to you I like watching them because I can see, like, what I might be when, like, I get better at games. Like, what I might, like, become. Well, so, like, like a, a gamer as a profession? Like, a gamer as a sport? Yeah, like, like, like speed running. It, uh, speed running in, like, Mario? Yeah, like Mario or Minecraft or stuff like that. Oh, okay. And... And so I, I just want to say, I mean, this this conversation is eye opening to me just because, you know, I think the, my very first time that I played an online game was Halo with the original Xbox. Right. It, which was very, very laggy at, at the time. Right. And so it, it, that was about 15 years into my my gaming understanding. Right. Because 1985 is when I got my first Nintendo. It was the Super Mario Deluxe Pack. That came with the Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt on the same yeah. cartridge, and then the 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 Zapper, right? Yeah. I still have it. I still have it, and I, I bring it out to my daughters every once in a while. And they go, "What's what's this?" Um, but the world to us has trained changed drastically. But Zane, to you, the world is normal, I guess, because yeah. th this is what you've grown up in, right? What do you like most about just having access to? games and and playing them with you know at, at a moment's notice i want to play with somebody online and just jumping on what is how does that make you feel like if like one of my like siblings or my dad is like busy or something and then i can't play a game i can just hop online on like splatoon and i play with other people now that is hugely eye-opening to me right because we as human beings are collaborative individuals and we are, we are collaborative society. We want to be with other people. We want to play with other people. And, and, and before, if we didn't have other people in our vicinity, we couldn't. And, and that could kind of make us, Oh man, I want to play with some, but you at, at a moment's notice could be playing with somebody in Japan, just going on Splatoon. Is that what it was called? Splatoon? Yeah. And, and so to me, I mean, I think that's pretty amazing because you're, you're, you can communicate with these individuals, correct? You have on your headsets, you're playing the game, and you can kind of talk back and forth. Is that something that's available in, 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 that, in that platform? 
like in some games you can, but like in like Splatoon, unless you like connect up like a headset or something, then you can't really. Like in other games like Call of Duty or stuff like that, you you can. And and I know your dad is a big Call of Duty guy. He plays he plays uh, with other individuals as well. And that actually creates a collaborative culture, right? Because if you're on a team, you have to actually plan out, hey, I want you to go over here. I want you to go over there. We're going to take the team out on top. It really creates this really thought-provoking process of collaboration and community that you wouldn't have just playing by yourself, that you wouldn't have just in solitude with a single cartridge without access to the internet. And so this is the premise of what we're talking about. It's the world is opened up so much. It's not just about the fact of playing video games. It's not just about the fact of, of beating a level. It's about connecting. And, and sometimes to connect, you want to stream. Sometimes to boast, you want to stream, right? I remember the first time that I beat Super Mario Brothers 3. It was in the morning. It was six in the morning. I think I was like nine or 10 years old. And I just went, yes, I won. And the only thing that I heard was, shh, it's the weekend. We're trying to sleep. Nobody, nobody cared, right? But now if you're streaming live, other people are watching. I won. People are like, congrats, man. Congrats. You did it. That, that kind of brings this fulfillment that a lot of us really like. Um, so to me, that's that culture that is being cultivated here. Like Kyle and I, right? And, and Tyler, you as well. We produce podcasts in the hopes that other people listen in the hopes that what we say can resonate across the airwaves or the pod waves or the digital waves or whatever waves you want to call it. But in actuality, if nobody was listening, at least I get to hang out with my friends on a Saturday or Friday and get to chat about shop a little bit, chat about topics a little bit, right? So we're getting fulfilled in multiple ways. This instant connection now and this um, delayed connection uh, for future listeners. Um, and, uh, Tyler, that's kind of how we got connected was you, you started listening to beer edu and then you heard me on, on beer edu. That's Kyle's other podcast. And then you reached out to me and we started talking and now you're here, right? That connection never would have happened if Kyle didn't create beer edu. So we are in this web that creates community because we wish to, we wish to create content for the community. Now, everybody's passions are different. And that's why YouTube is so diverse with collections of everything. Cooking videos, video game tutorials, video game streams, live podcasts, broadcasts like this right here. How-tos to integrate technology into the classroom. Because humans are so amazing at creating content and humans are so different that there's such a different amount of content. But that can kind of get on the nerves of some parents. So, Kyle, I want to bring you into this conversation because when we were talking about video game streaming and kids just sitting there for hours watching other people play a video game instead of playing it themselves or going outside to play physically, that was like kind of like, man, I just wish they wouldn't just be watching video game tutorials hours after hours. Can you talk a little bit about that from like a parenting perspective? Well, first I got to say you were bringing up some great memories of when I was nine, 10 years old with my original Nintendo. I had a handful of games, not a lot. Cause you know, I think back to, I mean, games nowadays for the switch. So as a parent, we have a Nintendo switch in the house and I look and see the games range from 30 to $60, depending on the game. If you think back, an NES cartridge in 1989 was $50 to $60. So I didn't have a lot of games because they were so expensive. But I remember that first time I beat the original Super Mario Brothers. I remember having the issue of Nintendo Power that had the game guide for Super Mario Brothers 3 to where you could find like all the little secret things in there. And... I had uh, the, you mentioned Duck Hunt with the original Super Mario Bros. I had that, but then that cartridge also had a third game on it 
called World Class Track Meet that came with the power pad. This oh, thing you yeah. laid on the floor, and it was basically track and field events. And I basically learned how, and I'm sure this isn't a big secret by any means, but learned how to make the character on the screen go super fast by not running in place, but basically like finding the sensors in the power pad and then just pressing on them really hard with your feet. And it would just make the character zoom across the screen and you can win every race that way. So uh, it, it just an incredible game. So, but then after that, I, I never had a super Nintendo growing up. Uh, I didn't have a super Nintendo until I got to college and uh, I ended up, somebody gave me one and I had a handful of games. And then my brother, he had a PlayStation after I was already in college, so I played a little bit of that. So I can't say I really been much of a gamer throughout my life uh, outside of that original Nintendo that I had when I was a kid. And I, like I said, we have the Switch now uh, that Santa Claus brought to the kids here uh, last year. And then I have the NES Mini and the Super NES Mini that comes preloaded with like 30 games. And then I probably illegally hacked one of them and added a few more games to it. Uh, some of those games that I do remember from when I was a kid. So, but even now I don't play them a lot just because I have so much other stuff going on, but through the parents, eye, my, through my eyes, I watch my son. He loves his Mario games. So pretty much if it is a Mario game, he wants it. He, he loves them. We have for the switch, we have several different Mario games, Mario Kart, Mario, you deluxe uh which is the one game i do enjoy playing a lot luigi's mansion 3 is another one we got so just all these different mario games and then he loves playing the ones on the nintendo mini and the super nintendo mini as well uh, because we have it has the three original mario 1 2 and 3 super mario world and then there's some other ones i didn't even know existed uh there was uh super mario all-stars i know it existed but i'd never played it when i was a kid or anything so he loves his mario games and then my daughter, she she plays a little bit, but she pretty much sticks to just Animal Crossing on the Nintendo Switch. So, But my son especially, what he likes to do is he gets on the iPad or on our TV, there's this channel that's part of like one of the apps on the smart TV that has streams of people playing these games or... Um, I will go on sometimes too. Like when I get stuck in a game, I'm like, man, I can't figure this out. So you just Google something on or find it on YouTube. And here's a little like walkthrough where somebody recorded a short 30 second video of how to do something on a game. And I'll do that every now and then there, there were some things on Luigi's mansion three that I worked on for hours, couldn't figure it out. And finally I'm like, I, I just got to break down and find this. So, and, and then got through it. So, but he will spend hours if you let him playing the game, and then he will have on the TV or the iPad in front of him the streaming that is going on as well. And what ends up happening is when it's time to tell him that, hey, you've been on that long enough or you need to go do something else or we need to clean things up or whatever, it becomes a battle with my six-year-old son sometimes. And he will throw a fit and then, then it just becomes a massive battle. And um, I, I don't have a lot of concerns at this point with him or my daughter, but if it continues this way, I have concerns about their just overall physical health because they don't necessarily want to go outside and do things. They don't want to be active at times. And again, I'm not necessarily concerned about my kids, but I see other kids out there where parents should be concerned about the amount of time that kids are spending playing video games and not being active. So I can remember back when I was a kid back in the, the early 90s, I was active. I was outside all the time. My parents, um, after if I was inside playing on the Nintendo on a nice sunny day, my mom literally would come in sometimes and turn the game off in the middle of it. And Joe, like you said, there was no save. You turn that thing off, your game was gone. So, And I can remember being upset. Mom, I was in the middle of that. And she goes, well, you need to go outside and do something. You've been on that long enough. And I just see that there's a lot of kids now where – they spend so much time playing video games or now the thing, I, I just don't understand it. Not even playing the video game, just watching people play video games. I don't understand that at all. I, I can understand the few seconds to figure out how to get through a certain part of the game or whatever, but kids that literally will spend hours just watching streams on Twitch or something like that. And I know 
if they're listening right now, Glenn Irving and Mike Washburn from the On Education podcast, they're they're sitting here listening to me right now, going like, "Who is this blasphemous piece of garbage talking right now?" Because that is their jam. Um, they're giant advocates for esports and and streaming and whatnot. But I don't understand it because I'm not part of that culture. But again, I also have those concerns about kids' physical health. As a former college athlete and played three sports growing up, I still try to be active as much as I possibly can. I play in a rec league hockey on Sunday night. Uh, so, I mean, as an almost 40-year-old, I'm still trying to be active. And I just I am very concerned with the future with kids with their physical health because of the culture of gaming and streaming and everything. And I just... I, I know there's benefits to it, but to me, a lot of these negatives, the inactivity totally outweigh that in my opinion. And there has to be a balance. And I just, I don't see that balance with a lot of kids out there. So I just, I have a lot of concerns about that. Well, and I think that's a, a really good concern that you have there. And it's something that gets brought up by parents and then teachers as well. I've heard it um, kind of side note there with, with Zane is uh, ever since he was uh, three, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And um, when he was four or five, I believe it was, I can't remember exactly. He'll correct five. me. He was five um, when he was diagnosed with celiac. So, you know, for him, it's kind of the, uh, the perfect storm of a couple different um, health issues. But one thing, like when he watches things or does things, we always tell him every so often, like, hey, you need to go out and play on the trampoline for a while. You need to uh, go play on your scooter. Like, you know, we make him go do that stuff just to keep him active because otherwise his blood sugar is just going to stay high and just ride high. And so we, we do what we can. But, you know, it is what you're saying, Kyle. It's, it's huge because... I guarantee if we let him, he would sit there all day long with Minecraft tutorials and whatnot on the screen all day as he's playing Minecraft on his switch. Um, you know, he, he would do that, but you know, we've, we've been very proactive to make sure that we understand what he's doing and being able to regulate it. Um, but also he understands that too. He he'll get, there are times that he gets antsy and he'll just get up and like, Hey, can I go ride my scooter out front? We're like, okay. You know, we'll go out and watch and or he'll go out back on the trampoline and, you know, do that stuff on his own. So he, he recognizes that as well. Um, but you, you're absolutely right. If if the TV or the switch or the iPad becomes the babysitter, then that's a whole different issue from like our standpoint and how we've um, approached gaming and streaming and uh, just watching YouTube, you know, within our own family. Well, and that's the big thing is that. Uh uh, I'm glad you said the word babysitter because that's exactly what I was thinking is that so many parents, it, it, that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, to the point where like you can't go to the grocery store without seeing a dozen kids just walking blind pretty much with an iPad or a phone in their hand through the aisles running into stuff or whatever because they're just on their games. Because the parent like, if this is going to shut them up while I'm in the grocery store, then so be it. So here it is. And then so many parents that allow the their kid to have their phone past a certain time at night to keep it, keep it in their rooms at night. I mean, and, you know, and I think that contributes to kids being half asleep in school in the morning because they're up till two in the morning on their phones. Or if the, if the kid has a TV and a video game system in their room to where the, the parents basically are like, okay, good night, they go to bed. And then the kids up till three 30 in the morning playing video games or something like that. And it, it's, it's a concern that, not only for the physical well-being, but then also the academic well-being of students as well, because so many kids are just, that's what they're doing. And I know there's going to be the arguments, well, if this is what kids are doing, teachers need to be able to embrace that and cater their lessons to incorporate these games and whatnot, which fine, I get that. That is that is 100% fine. And I understand that. But at the same time, though, there has to be something done in regards to how much kids are playing, how much kids are streaming or watching streams. Because again, it, it comes down to that physical and academic well-being, in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what's funny with, with Zane is when he was younger, like one and two, he would watch on the iPad, you know, as we're traveling and stuff, you know, just made life a little bit easier. Um, and at restaurants, we would, you know, play something as well, just when he's, you know, being impatient, you know, as a one, two-year-old would be. But then we started to notice that, 
instead of him just watching Elmo to watch Elmo, he was actually watching it and learning from it and turned to him watching uh, a show called Super Y off PBS Kids where it's teaching him how to read. And we sat there and we're one day we're just out of nowhere. Zane just starts reading signs as we're driving down the road. And this is when he's one and a half and starts spelling things, starts count. Like it was insane what he was doing. And then we started watching what, you know, he would find on YouTube. Cause you know, if you just let a kid at that age go wild on YouTube, you know, who knows what they're going to find on, you know, YouTube, YouTube kids. And he would start to uh, find like these nature things and start learning about the different animals. And then he would start spouting off about all these different random facts about animals. And, you know, even yesterday in the, um, in the truck, as we were driving back from Salt Lake city, he looked out at the, the red rocks outside of Salt Lake and he's like, Oh, what type of rock is this? And then he went and found it and, you know, was able to learn about it. So, you know, there with him and I know he's a, a very different, uh, different case, I guess, because he, he's one that will learn you, you put him in front of YouTube. He's going to learn, 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 learn. And then he does take the break to watch his game stuff. Um, but even then he's still learning. Like he could probably tell you the, the year, the original, original, original Mario came out and that it wasn't on you know, the NES and it wasn't even a Mario game. And cause he's just, you know, learning about it wants all that information, but there does come, that point where it's almost um, too too much, and we realized that when he was four, four, yeah, four, going into preschool, and we brought him to a private school that had no technology at all. There was none, and they. It, it was interesting because he came from you know here we have technology everywhere. I'm looking. And he went to a school with zero technology and was there for a good four years without using a computer at school. And now he's at the point where he is far in advance his own, you know, age group peers uh, because of it. And he can still do the tech stuff at home. So I'm totally game with both conversations of, you know, kids need no tech. They need to, to live life, experience life that way. But I'm also game on the other side of tech is actually really good because that's where we're going and kids can do different amazing things with it. Yeah, you know, listening to this conversation, especially on Kyle's end, it always seems that there's a generation that starts to become out of touch with the upcoming generation. Right. It's it's like when when uh, when metal music started happening in the 80s, you had people that that liked Elvis to be like, what are you doing listening to that stuff? But when you go back to the people who like Elvis, when they were young starting to listen to Elvis, their parents were like, what are you doing listening to that stuff? It just seems like every 20 years or so, the next generation gets a little bit out of touch with what the new generation is talking about. It's like, why are they listening to that stuff? Why are they watching that stuff? And we have to realize that it's because the world is just changing so much that the younger groups are getting into things that are different than the older groups. But I completely understand where Kyle is coming from. If you're just constantly consuming, if all you're doing is consuming, I think that is bad, right? That's why you need to be able to consume ideas that lead to creation. I think that's the key. Now, Kyle, I don't think teachers need to be teaching video games in the classroom. Unless maybe you're, you're, you're doing a coding class or a STEM class or a story writing class and you're studying a video game to see the storyline, that kind of stuff. That's a little bit different. But I think the ideas of streaming and, and putting your information out there, that can be brought into the classroom. And uh, one of our fellow Sons of Technology members, David Platt, he does podcasting with his students. He allows his students to do their reports as a scripted podcast and he and they you know with parent permission of course then post it out to the world that's amazing to me because it's so much more it's so it's so more it's much more rich than just asking a kid to write a two-page report now they're not only putting it together but they're learning how to record they're learning how to produce they're learning how to create they're learning how to amplify their voice 
and they're learning that their voice can resonate with other people they don't even know. And I think that is incredibly important. And I think people just want to feel valued. I think that's kind of what a lot of things boil down to. They want people to know that my passion and my talents mean something to me. I hope there's somebody out there beyond my family that values me as well. And I think we constantly yearn to be valued by our fellow humans, by our fellow educators, by our fellow friends, by our fellow students. And I think we need to make sure that all of our students in our schools find that medium, find that modality to show that their voice matters and they are valued. And so to me, that's what esports does. And, and I, and I want to go back to what Kyle said in that Kyle said, you know, just watching video games or just playing video games, it's not getting them out of their seat. It's not getting out there running. It's not getting them out there doing this or that. I, I, I understand that's 100% correct. But if you don't have esports at school, they're just going to go home and play video games anyways. So why not create a community of those gamers? who a lot of times are introverted and, 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 and are, can, can be shy on campus that just go to school because they want to, because their parents probably say, if you don't go to school, if you don't go to class, if you don't get good grades, you can't play video games. Why not take that, take that love, take that talent and create a community of, of, of students who work together, who work together to be a team. And so when I was researching esports. That was the thread that really started to get me going. I think this could actually be a thing because it, you have these individuals who work solo and now they're working together. You have these individuals who normally only talk through a headset and now they're talking face-to-face -face with another like-minded individual. You're now recording your matches. You're streaming your matches so that you can then go as a team and dissect what you did. You can now have individuals whose only job is to watch you play and then give you recommendations on how to do better. You should really hit, if you're like, you're playing uh, Rocket League, or you got to hit the, the angle here, and that angle will make the trajectory here. And then as soon as you do that, that ball will be here. And then the guy will come up here. And then that's, that's there. It's just like watching a coach do a play on the basketball court. Or a coach writing up a play for the a football game. It's exactly like that, but it's student-driven. It's student-driven. But I will tell you this. The best esports teams incorporate working out. The best esports teams have the teams go out and do a team jog. They do rent out or, or schedule time in the weight room to make sure that they are, their mind and body is fit. The best esports teams incorporate active body movement. And that's what's important. You need a coach that understands that. And I think when you bring all of this together, you create something really, really special. Um, but Kyle, when you don't have somebody explaining that, right? When you have this idea is, what do you mean you want them to play video games? We're trying to get them away from the screen. When you, when you explain to them, that they're going to be playing anyways. We might as well have them play and feel valued at the school, right? And it comes back to feeling valued by people outside your family. Imagine now that student who never wanted to play football, who never wanted to be in choir, who never wanted to be in band, is now walking across campus and a, a fellow student goes, hey, that was a great match last night. I can't believe you were able to do that. That's amazing. Now that student feels valued on their campus. Now they see the value in their campus and now they become an active participant in amplifying your campus because it's all about student wellness. It's all about campus culture. And when you have students who don't feel like they belong, that actually brings down your campus culture. And so that's why I think esports is a great tool, let alone you have, it's not just about playing video games. You could have individuals that are a part of the team that don't know how to play video games at all. Um, you can have individuals that just run the social media channel for your team's uh, your your team's uh, social media, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. That's their job. 
And guess what? That's one of the fastest growing jobs in, uh, in business now, social media managers for businesses. How do you connect with individuals through social media? They can learn that in high school. And there are uh, bachelor's and master's degrees in that as a social media marketer uh, in college. Uh, you have shoutcasting, knowing what the video game is, knowing the storyline, knowing this and knowing what people are going to do and predicting just like you have announcers on Monday Night Football. You have announcers for games. Oh, I can't believe he took that castle. I can't believe. Oh, look, he's hiding. They know exactly what's going on because they're in that culture. When we listen to that, we're like, what is this? But I think it's the same thing with, with somebody who doesn't like football and, and they've never played football and they don't know anything about football and they sit there and watch Monday Night Football. They're like, I don't understand anything that's going on. I think that's kind of where we're at with, with esports. But we can't take away from them that it's a valuable tool um you know in my mind i don't understand soccer i absolutely don't i don't know soccer i don't know this or that i don't know anything about soccer so when i'm watching soccer i'm like i don't i don't get this i don't know why it's the most popular sport in the world but it is and it's a value to other individuals so we cannot detract from esports it's a value to other individuals but to kyle's point we have to get students out right we have to get students active um but but we can't have just one or the other. They can they can be there together. Now, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I just want to be on the record to say that I'm not anti-esports. I'm not anti-video games. I'm not anti-any of this stuff. I just think that, like all things, there has to be some sort of moderation. So, like you were saying, Joe, where you know having a kid sit for 18 hours in a day doing these things, that's not good. So... But on the opposite end of the spectrum, exercising for 18 hours a day is not good for you either. So there has to be moderation in all that. So um, I, I will say that when it comes to some of the stuff nowadays, music, whatever, I am very quote unquote, old man, get off of my lawn. I am. <laughs> I will say it. Um, most music today, even new music in the genres that I enjoy to me is just not very good to me. It's very uninspired. It's, um, you know, it, it's, it's catering to the masses versus trying to be pure in its form, whatever. So that's why when it comes to music, I, I still just listen to what I know from back in the day, whether that's, you know, the, the metal of the seventies and eighties, like you mentioned, Joe, or, uh, you know, the punk of the nineties and two thousands that I listened to, uh, through high school and college, wh whatever it may be. So, um, and, and that goes to say with the, the video games and, and everything that comes along with it as well. So I, I will be the first to admit that I am a little bit old man, get off my lawn about it. But at the same time, though, I do see those values. But again, it all goes back to that moderation piece. Now, Tyler, you and Zane have been working now for several months on a YouTube channel, uh, creating videos that go on the YouTube channel um, with his uh, type 1 diabetes, but also now with the streaming and everything, and then even some things uh, with Lego education. So I would love to hear a little bit more about what the two of you are doing with those things. Yeah, you know, the the whole idea for behind the YouTube channel, and I have my own YouTube channel, but really the one that, you know, you're referring to is Zane's, and he's getting a sweatshirt on because we have to keep the, you know, it's cold out here because it's getting really hot, you know, middle of summer. Um but we created his YouTube channel and he called it Zane's Gaming and More because uh, he wanted to do a gaming channel. And this was, you know, again, like a couple of years ago. And it kind of morphed from that. And I'll, I'll let Zane, Zane talk a second because he really had this idea of what he wanted to do and for his YouTube channel and where it started and where it's kind of going. So Zane, kind of explain what you've done with your uh the Dexcom videos, your Medtronic stuff, and why you wanted to do those? Like, originally black, back in, like, 2018, 2019, even early 2020, like, I did, like, things about, like, how type 1 diabetes isn't that bad. And, like, I did videos of me inserting my Dexcom, my Medtronic, and even going shopping at, like, Trader Joe's, getting gluten-free snacks and then in like later videos, I'd make review videos, like eating them, seeing like how they taste, kind of. Like now in like late 2020, early 21, 
I'm making like a Lego video. It was, and even like, even back in 18, 19, early 20, I did like a mix of my type one diabetes videos and my Lego videos. But now in 2021, I'm doing like a lot of gaming. And especially when New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe came out on the Switch, I did like a review on it. And like now I'm just doing like Lego videos, review videos. And yeah. Well, and he's kind of taking it um, kind of the way that we've taken things. And sorry, you can hear a cat dog barking in the background there uh, where you have the YouTubers that will go out and they'll do like a, a tech review, like unboxing, things like that. And which is what he's doing mainly for the Lego stuff. Um, but some of his other ones, like with his Dexcom, which is the little sensor that connects to his body and connects to uh, his phone, uh, he's gotten a, over 2,000 views on that. And we've gotten messages from people all over the United States, you know, letting us know that their their kid was really glad to have found this video to show them. Like, it's, it's going to hurt for a second. And, you know, we're not going to lie about it. But it, it goes away. And so that's helped a ton of, you know, just kids around. Um, he's done some food reviews because, you know, being diabetic, you have to eat low carb. And which a lot of people, you know, associate with um, just food that doesn't taste so good. And especially now that he's celiac too, you know, people think, okay, well, you're basically eating cardboard. Well, no, it's there's actually some really good food yeah. out there that doesn't have any gluten. And so he's gotten 700, 800 views on one from uh, – those little cheese wraps from Costco that are like cheese tortillas, oh, but it's yes. just cheese. Um, and then here recently, uh, he, he did a, a Rubik's cube video where he was showing other kids how to solve a Rubik's cube. And he got on the local news here in, in Boise, um, which was, which was kind of fun. Those are all things that he's done. And now it's at the point where he is creating videos himself. He's the one with the ideas. He's the one that's actually editing them and doing all that. And then I, I just upload them to YouTube for him, you know, because of the, the different YouTube um, and regulations and things, you know, he can't be the one to do the live stream himself. I have to be there, you know, which is good, you know, we, cause we need to keep those kids safe. And that's the other side of all this. So the other side of the, um, the online gaming is, you know, we know that there are those people out there that make horrible choices and prey on kids and it's, it's horrible. And so that's something that I want to make sure that I am there and, you know, with him so that it's not doing that. And that's the nice thing about the Nintendo Switch is you can't chat online through a headset unless you do it through your phone. So it kind of, you know, helps that. Um, but it's it's been really cool to see where he's going. And he's learning a ton that way by creating. Because if it was up to him, he would just have the camera in the corner and it would just be a live stream of him building Legos. I'm like, dude, nobody wants to see that. But he, he's now learning how to edit things down. He's learning how to use the, uh, the time-lapse videos and be short, concise, and, and whatnot with his videos. So it's, it, there's a lot of learning that goes behind the scenes with the YouTube, which in the classroom, teachers can use a lot, especially you know with Flipgrid. You know, teaching them how to do these kind of things. Like, you want to do a book review? Well, let's create a Flipgrid, but treat it as a YouTube video. And those kids might actually, you know, be a little bit more engaged than they would if they had to, you know, like we said, write a two-page paper on some book that they didn't really like. But you tell them that they're going to be in front of a camera and do it, they might actually read the book and enjoy it and do a much deeper review than they would have otherwise. Yeah, I agree with all of that because exactly what, what you're saying, it's you're now having students think about things and they know others are going to watch it. So they want to put their best foot forward. Um, I, I, you know, I come from a science background and, and I always ran my labs as a CER lab, claim, evidence, reason. So this is your claim. This is the evidence you've collected. Now, this is your reasoning of the claim. Was it correct or incorrect? And so when you have a student read a book and they say, that was a horrible book. Okay, that's your claim. What is the evidence from the book that you can pull on why you decided this book was a horrible book? You have to have reasoning from the evidence. You can't just say, ah, I, I thought that book was dumb. Okay, that's a perfect thing to claim. But why? Same thing with movies. Zane, I know you've done some movie reviews. Right? You may have liked the movie, may not have liked the movie. 
And when you're explaining that, based off the movie, well, there was a part in the movie where this happened, blah, 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 blah. That was not very good. And there was another part in the movie, blah, 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 blah. It didn't make sense with this part of the movie. They never connected this storyline, blah, blah, blah. Therefore, this movie was a confusing movie. Therefore, I did not like it. Right now you're having the students put together a puzzle of their thoughts instead of just saying, I didn't like that. Right. And I tell my daughters all the time, I don't like that. Tell me why. Why don't you like it? You have to give me evidence or things you've collected as to why you put that in your brain. Tell me why. It's, it's this thought process I think is incredibly important, not only for students, but for adults as well. Because adults are so quick to say, you're wrong, or you're dumb, or that's not true. Okay, you said my statement's not true. Prove me wrong with evidence that you've collected, right? Or you just not you just wish it to be not true, so you're saying that's not true, right? We all have to be a CER society, right? We all have to be able to back up our claim with evidence and reasoning. Um, otherwise, it's just your opinion, right? And everybody has an opinion but not everybody has clear evidence and reasoning of their thoughts. And so that's why I think this is a great conversation because students now have a platform across the board to be able to share their thoughts, to be able to share their likes and their dislikes and to explain why. And isn't that what we want our students to be doing in the classroom anyways? Reading a book, reading a chapter. I thought this chapter was because based on this, 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 and this, this is my conclusion. This is my reasoning for that chapter. Isn't that what we want our students to be thinking about the entire time? Not just, okay, we're going to read this chapter and you're going to tell them whether you liked it or not. And we're going to read this chapter. We're going to dissect it a little bit, but we need them to be thinking about that stuff. And when they start getting into that mindset, when you watch in a movie, you start pulling out these pieces of evidence. Um, we start pulling out these, these bits and pieces, and then you start formulating uh, a reason on whether you liked it or not. That's what we want. That's what we want. Um, and I think gaming is a great way to do that because games have storylines now. Now, some of them are more, <laughs> more intricate than others, uh, but the storyline can impact the gaming as well. But I think that's where this can port over into the classroom, being able to have students express their knowledge through a different format than just a typed paper right? Um, whether it's video, whether it's podcasting, whether it's streaming, we just have to be able to give our students a chance because just because we may not be comfortable with it, because we may not know the intricacies of editing and publishing and streaming, maybe our students will, right? It's kind of what Kyle said, you know, a lot of us are at that stage now where we're like, get off our lawn, you little rascals. But, um, Maybe we should, you know, instead of saying, get off our lawn, saying, hey, explain to me a little bit more about YouTube streaming, <laughs> because then they'll teach us something a little bit. Right. Well, and with that, with that, Joe, one thing I want to say here really quick is with the Switch, they have a new game. Um, it's called Game Builders Garage that just came out. And Zane and I have uh, live streamed on that. And it actually teaches and walks through the, you know, how to build a video game. Like it's the very, very, very simplistic form of drag and drop and connect some uh, what they call as nodons um, in there. But it's it's bringing out that creativity at the same time. So I'm sitting here thinking, how can I walk some of the the older kids through doing something like this of, OK, hey, you just read the hatchet. Now, why don't you build within the game, why don't you build the lake and try to survive kind of thing. Same things we do with Minecraft, but with Minecraft, it's very much, okay, just build it and, you know, survive. Whereas this one is you're actually having to build the game itself and then bring that stuff out of it. So I think there's, there's a lot of those implications. And you mentioned those storylines because one of, one of the games that I remember playing growing up, and I know you and I have talked about is Metal Gear Solid. Mm. is you know on the original playstation the playstation 2 version um and then the the new ones on the ps4 ps5 their storylines are so intricate that if you don't pick up on something from a game early on in the game it's not going to help you you know moving forward so that that is huge 
with, you know, teaching those story arcs. Um, you know, the, the Mario games, they don't really have that so much. Although Mario Odyssey was actually a very good story and you could actually bring in a lot of those things um, throughout it. And, you know, Kyle, you've mentioned, you know, Lego, not Lego, sorry, Luigi's Mansion 3. It's got a good story where we're at and it's got some really good problem solving in there. And that's the other thing I really wanted to mention here is video games are teaching a lot of problem solving, a lot of critical thinking, you know, more so than just, well, you're going to do this in math. Well, if the kid has hasn't developed those critical thinking skills and if it's through a game, oh, well, great. They had fun while doing it, too. But you're also teaching that perseverance, the grit to go through and do all that. I know for for Zane, he like you said earlier, he would throw fits, you know, for things when he gets stuck in a game, he will throw or would he doesn't anymore, but he would throw the biggest fit. And all I would tell him is figure it out, go figure it out. And he would watch a YouTube video here and there. But now he's getting to that point of, well, I'm going to figure this out. And I'm going to, I don't care how long it's going to take, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to push through. And then he has that, that, you know, the mentality of when he's done, he'll run right in here and tell me that he, he passed it. I'm like, awesome, good, go do it. Or, you know, keep it going, that kind of thing. So it builds up that inner motivation as well. And, and Kyle, I, I'd be curious, you know, as you're sitting there with your son, have you, have you seen moments like that where you've helped push him through like a, a, a spot in a game where it's actually teaching him those critical thinking and the per- perseverance kind of things? Well, it, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because um, yesterday he had fired up the Nintendo mini and was playing RBI baseball mm. and there's not a lot of problem solving. I mean, it's baseball, but he wasn't able to figure out when he got a hit, how he could move on to the different bases, I said, you just got to start pressing buttons. You know, I see if you can figure it out. Well, then eventually he did figure it out. Um, after I did uh, give him a clue, like use the B button a little bit, you know, and then, then he's starting to realize that when he had a runner on third, he pressed down and B that runner on third could run home then. So he was able to start figuring that out. But, um, you know, the, with other games though, he, He'll use the YouTube every now and to look look things up, but overall, he's not necessarily doing that now. So you mentioned Mario Odyssey, and then he turned to me and said, "Hey, that's one of my favorites." So that he likes that game. So I, I I've sat there and watched him play that game. I actually haven't played it myself, uh, but just watching him just die over and over and over again, but just going right back to it and not necessarily getting upset. Uh, there, there's been times where. You, know, you mentioned with Zane where he would get upset, throw a fit, or um, even go as far as throwing the controller across the room or something like that. That kind of stuff happened, but it doesn't happen as much now. So, uh, But, Reed, you're here, buddy. So what is what are some of your favorite games to play? Rocket League. Yeah, you started playing Rocket League a little bit. You were really excited the other night when you were playing online with a bunch of people and you scored a goal. So, what other games do you like to play? Mario Odyssey. And what else? Um, What's the game that you like where you get to create things a lot on there and make the different levels? Mario Maker. Yeah, Super Mario Maker 2, which... And it it is... um, That game, not only is it just playing... We, we talked about the, the importance of the creation piece. So it, he's creating these levels. And then on the Mar, on the Nintendo account, he's now publishing them. And then they can be out there for other people around the world where they can go on there and play it. And then they can rank it as well, where they, they can not necessarily give feedback. I mean, there's some very simplistic feedback. They can do comments. Yeah, comments on there. So there's you can't go in there and write like a paragraph this level is great because, or this level was garbage because, or something like that. I mean, it's just some basic uh, little comments. And I can you add. can draw stuff. Yeah, and you can draw stuff on there too. So so he, he enjoys doing that. So he and I haven't done any of the streaming stuff just because, again, uh, that's just not my world because I, I'm, I'm not much of a gamer. I've mentioned this on the podcast not only earlier in this episode, but before I'm just not much of a gamer. So... Uh, getting into the whole streaming thing is just not kind of my thing. But, um, you know, 
he is starting to get into a lot of that stuff. And um, I guess he's done talking now because now he is walking away. But um, but as time goes on, yeah, his problem solving skills are improving. And then my daughter, again, with Animal Crossing, she's starting to figure out the different stuff she has to do in that game to be better. And then she's looked at a few things on different YouTube channels about you know, tips to be more successful in that game, uh, not necessarily looking up like ways to get around it. So, so the, yeah, they're, they're both starting to solve things as a result of that. Yeah. And, and that's good. And that's, and that's what we can hope that our students, that our kids are getting out of this video game culture, getting out of this streaming culture. We want them to connect with one another. We want them to form community with one another. We want them to feel valued uh, from others and we want them to be able to communicate well and create. And those are all the things that we want them to do in the classroom. And so if we cultivate this culture of communication and community well, that can be easily transferred over into new ways of having students showcase their knowledge within the classroom. And in closing, I would like to say the world is always changing. And the younger generation is always doing things the older generation just doesn't quite understand. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's different. And we have to understand that when we were younger, if we wanted to watch a movie, we had to pedal our bikes down to Blockbuster Video, pick up the movie, whether it was on DVD or VHS, and then pedal our bikes back. You may have had to pedal down to Blockbuster. I live 15 miles from town, so there was no pedaling anywhere. It was, hey, mom, can we go into town and go to the video store? We didn't even have Blockbuster. We had one called Family Video or the gas station that had a handful of videos. So you kids that lived in the city, ha ha, joke's on you. I didn't get to do that. Well, you're, you're, so, you're, you're much farther removed than me then, right? But now... The newest movies, the newest blockbuster movies are streamed right to HBO Max or to Amazon for The Tomorrow War, which came out yesterday. It's, it's just beamed to us. Instant gratification. When we were younger, our parents would say, don't talk to strangers. And now we talk to strangers every day and meet them on the socials and occasionally become friends. And... The big one, our parents would say, don't get into cars with strangers. Now we have an app on our phone that calls a stranger over specifically to get into their car. So all the things we were told were wrong are now the way of the world today. Again, it's because times change. Times are confusing and times are different. But different is not wrong. It's just different. And to our kids, it's normal. So let's bring some normalcy into the classroom. Normalcy, meaning normal for our kids, different and scary for us, but a constant evolution on how to get our students to convey what they know in multiple modalities so their voices will shine no matter where they are. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us today. Again, I hope you have a safe and happy 4th of July weekend. If you're listening to this later, I hope you had a safe and happy 4th of July weekend. And before we go, Zane, do you have any lasting words to uh, any uh, teachers who are listening right now on, on, on why you should use some of these skills in the classroom? Buy fees, get Miller Garage. And like, that's good because it's technically like learning tech. And same thing with like Minecraft, because like unlike pretty much every single version of Minecraft, you can turn on cheats and turn on education edition that has like chemicals in it. Like chemicals and like you can put together different chemicals to make like one chemical and then like make different things like you would in real life to make different things. So yeah, video games are good. So from the brain of Zane, video games are good. Streaming is good. Creation is good. So let's be good. And let's let the kids have their normalcy in the classroom. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Tyler and Kyle, as always. 
And thank you so much for being the most important people in the world. Continue having a fantastic summer.